But first, a city council panel voted yesterday to raise tipped restaurant workers to a full minimum wage. Now, under the proposal, restaurants would have five years to get them to that rate, but that's only if the measure passes a full city council vote. So joining us now with more on what that measure includes is WBEZ city government and politics reporter Tessa Weinberg. Hi again. Hey, thanks Good for having you. me. All right. So, I mean, we, we weren't lying. Earlier this week, we had you on the program. We said lots of things are happening at yeah. city, <laughs> city Council. And here you are again, because uh, this measure, this one is a compromise between Mayor Johnson's administration and the Illinois Restaurant Association, something that we've talked about on Reset in the past. But uh, bring us up to speed. What did each party come to the table asking mm-hmm. here? Yeah, so this was a compromise proposal, and like you mentioned now, businesses have five years to phase uh, the sub, so-called subminimum wage out. In the original ordinance, it was a two-year phase-in, so a little bit shorter runway. And the Illinois Restaurant Association, um, you know, their president and CEO had floated different ideas, such as, you know, greater enforcement of restaurants that were not, you know, following the law and ensuring that tip workers meet the minimum wage and their employers um, increase, you know, their pay if it tips did not meet that $15 an hour. And the Sun-Times had also reported that he kind of proposed a 11th hour, um, you know, pitch to have the minimum wage for tip workers be $20.54 an hour, mm-hmm. but only at restaurants with more than $3 million in annual revenue. And that was, you know, shot down. So this is the compromise. And currently tipped workers base pay um, is about, you know, at least $9 an hour. It can vary a little bit depending on the size of their employer, but that's about 60% less than the $15 an hour that the minimum wage is for their non-tip counterparts. And um, under the current law, employers are supposed to make up that difference if their tip workers' tips did not equal $15. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Alder Persons and Mayor Brandon Johnson's administration say, you know, parity is needed between the two groups. Yeah, the City Council's Committee on Workforce Development signed off on the deal by a 9-3 vote, actually. Uh, so who voted against the measure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, Alderpersons Nick Sposato, Marty Quinn, and Derek Curtis voted against it. But there were a lot more Alderpersons present at that meeting um, and several more who expressed, you know, concerns with it and, you know, did not weren't there for the vote itself. Um, and, yeah, a lot of those Alderpersons who spoke out against it or raised concerns, they, you know, were worried costs might get passed on to customers. And some Alderpersons who, you know, border some of the suburbs had said they worried businesses would maybe choose to remain in the suburbs um, or go to the suburbs um, to avoid, you know, operating in Chicago to meet these increased wages. And some just noted, too, that, you know, businesses are also still recovering from the pandemic in their communities. And so that was some of the fears they shared. Yeah. And and some tipped workers testified before the vote. I mean, were they all pretty solid on one side, would you say? We had, you know, views from, from both sides of the issue. You know, there was workers who were really adamant that, you know, tips is not enough, that I need that $15 an hour to be able to get by um, and, you know, shared stories of just, um, you know, you know, things they've experienced as a tip worker from, you know, harassment or wage theft and things like that. But there was also workers on, you know, the other side um, who said, you know, yes, I want to see wages rise, but I'm worried, does this mean, you know, my tips are going to go away and that I rely on tips and that I can make more than the minimum wage with my tips even. Um, And so there was definitely, um, you know, different views on both sides where some workers apprehensive of what this might mean and others saying, you know, I really need that increased base pay um, to, to be able to survive and thrive. It sounds like lots of folks are divided, Tessa, from what you just what you just stated. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are concerned that, uh, you know, of course, if, if the wages are raised, that uh, customers will start to tip less, right? They'll change their habits at restaurants and they'll say, well, now you're making more money. 
I don't have to give you as much. And then you have folks, you know, servers especially saying, this could quite well ruin my livelihood. Was that some of what you you heard, Tessa? Yeah, there's definitely mixed views on, you know, both sides. And, you know, there was a lot of pointing to, you know, how this has worked in other places. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, Chicago wouldn't be the first place to do this. Um, Last year in Washington, D.C., voters there uh, passed um, a referendum to increase their, basically eliminate their subminimum wage by 2027. um, While, you know, some restaurants added things like, uh, you know, service charges or raised menu prices. Mm -hmm. You know, One Fair Wage noted yesterday they've seen work. Workers from surrounding Maryland counties come to D.C. to to work and wanting to have those higher wages and saying that, you know, people need staff right now. And so, you know, employees are going to go where they can, you know, have the best pay. Yeah. Wow. And and I know that uh, we're also trying to get a hold of uh, Destiny Fox. Now, Destiny's a server at Gene and Giorgetti in, in Chicago's River North neighborhood. And what's interesting is, is Destiny wrote this opinion piece in the, the Chicago Sun-Times, kind of uh, one of the reasons that sparked us wanting to do this conversation today, where, as I, I mentioned a moment ago, uh, she's one of the people saying that, you know, if you want to go ahead and, and raise the, the minimum wage for, for workers like me, you're going to ruin my livelihood. I depend so much on tips, and tips have allowed me to move downtown, for instance, which is, you know, huge. For us, especially in this economy. Right, Tessa? Definitely. Yeah. No, she was very vocal and testified yesterday about that. Um, And yeah, she was, I think, a a strong voice saying that I need these tips. Well, hopefully we can get a hold of Destiny. But right now we do have Saru Jayaraman, who's president of One Fair Wage with us. Hey, Saru. Welcome to Reset. Hi, thanks for having me. So uh, we were just talking about, uh, you know, one tipped workers story, you know, someone who's against eliminating the tipped minimum wage. Give us your initial thoughts on on those concerns. I'm sure you've heard them before. Yeah, that was uh, that idea that somehow tips are going to go away if wages go up is uh, based on a very well-funded political campaign funded by the National Restaurant Association that they started in 2016 after we started winning what we call one fair wage, a full minimum wage with tips on top. Uh, where they started driving all this misinformation that tips would go away if people actually got a full minimum wage. The reality shows that the seven states that have already done this, California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Montana, Alaska, and Minnesota, actually all have the same or higher tipping averages than Chicago and Illinois. Uh, In fact, Alaska has the highest tipping average of any state in the United States. They've had a full minimum wage with tips on top for decades. And... Every single source of data, uh, year after year, uh, shows Seattle among the highest. This year is actually the absolute highest uh, tipping of any city, much higher than Chicago. And Washington State has had a full minimum wage with tips on top for decades. Mm. Uh, we've also done what's called quintile research, where we've looked at the top, you know, the top fifth tip earners at the finest dining restaurants downtown, and the lowest tip earners in the Applebee's and IHOP compared California and Illinois, every single quintile earns more in wages and tips than in Chicago and in Illinois. And it's because when workers get paid more, guess what they do? They go out and they spend it, and restaurant workers are better tippers than other workers, and so tipping averages are higher. And that's been proven over and over and over again in the data. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at uh, the piece from the... the, local uh, restaurant worker that uh, sort of wrote a, an opinion piece in the Chicago Sun-Times. And 
she was talking about, you know, bringing home two to three times uh, the city's required minimum wage on an hourly basis, uh, just based on how much tips she gets. And, and it, the piece also mentions this survey um, in the Sun-Times that found that workers make an average hourly wage of $28.48. In fact, um, you know, Sam Toya from the Illinois Restaurant Association says that um, as, as well. I mean, we know, as you said, Chicago is not going to be the first city to do this, to eliminate a sub-minimum wage. So those fears then that you hear from, from uh, tipped workers who are concerned about making this change, you're saying that that's not a reality for folks in other cities and states? It's not just not a reality. It's the opposite. Tipping is higher in the cities and states that have done this. And as I said, this misinformation has been given to them by employers and the restaurant associations with a very well-funded disinformation campaign. But it's so important that your listeners understand that that data you just cited is a survey of downtown service workers. The vast majority of tipped workers in Chicago and in Illinois are women and women of color. We have the highest rates of single mothers of any occupation who work in very casual restaurants and bars, IHOP, Denny's, mom-and-pop restaurants, who struggle with three times the poverty rate of other Chicago workers, use food stamps at double the rate. And food stamps, you know, you can look at whatever measure you want to look at. We use government data, government data, U.S. Department of Labor, Bureau of Labor Statistics data. We don't do a survey of workers. We look at government data. And whatever, you know, oftentimes the restaurant association likes to say, oh, well, they earn a lot more. It's not, it's just not reported. It says don't report it. This is employer reported payroll data that we're looking at at the U.S. Department of Labor's Bureau of Labor Statistics. Employer reported payroll data on how much their workers are making. In tip, the vast majority are struggling with three times the poverty rate using food stamps at double the rate. Food stamps is a very good indicator at of how much these workers actually earn, because it's not a guess. It, you know, ap- applying for food stamps and using food stamps is a very difficult and stigmatized process. To be able to get food stamps is a very difficult and stigmatized process. It's not something a teenager does for extra income for to go to the prom. This is mm. something a single mother does to get food for her children. And that is who the majority of tipped workers are. They are black and brown women. They are single mothers. They're working at casual restaurants and bars. They're struggling to make ends meet. The 1%, I would say 1% to 5% that work in downtown and make a ton of money in tips, that was who was surveyed for that $28. If you look at the median wage, the median wage for tipped workers in Chicago, it hovers around 16 bucks an hour, including tips. And that means that half of all tipped workers in Chicago, because the median is the middle point, Half of all tipped workers in Chicago earn less than 16, including tips, meaning tips aren't even bringing them to the minimum wage. And that is why they're relying on food stamps. And that is why they are struggling with such high poverty rates. And that is why workers need this and are asking for it. This is a direct legacy of slavery. It was created after emancipation in response to Pullman carporters winning the same thing in Chicago in 1925. A. Philip Randolph organized the Pullman carporters in Chicago to win an actual wage rather than relying on the tips of customers when they were handling baggage. Mm. In response, the National Restaurant Association in 1927 rooted itself in Chicago to say, we need to make sure the black women we've hired post-emancipation that are coming up from the South 
do not get what the black men who are hired by the Pullman carporters get, which is a full minimum wage with tips on top. And so they hired black women. They didn't pay them. They won an exemption from the Fair Labor Standards Act in 1938 for these women to be excluded. And from that time until today, it is predominantly women. In Chicago, it's predominantly black and brown women who are struggling with a sub-minimum wage, at first a non-wage and then a sub-minimum yeah. wage, and forced to live on tips. We appreciate you checking in with us. That's Saru Jayaraman, the president of One Fair Wage. Tessa Weinberg, City uh, WBEZ city government reporter, is still with us. I mean, you've been listening along to our conversation there with Saru. Initial thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, it was interesting to kind of hear the data points that she was pointing to. A report issued this month by University of Illinois and University of Chicago researchers, you know, had concluded that a modest increase in the tipped worker minimum wage is likely to lead to increased wages for them without meaningful negative employment effects, they noted. Um, Because I know that's something the Illinois Restaurant Association had surveyed restaurants and was pointing to that as Mm -hmm. a concern that restaurants citing maybe they would raise menu prices or cut employees' hours. And so I think that is a little bit of an unknown to see how Chicago restaurants, what they would do in response or how right. they might adapt. Yeah, well, that um, was some good context there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, according to that survey as well, uh, it, it had surveyed uh, tipped workers in Chicago last year in July, and it found that the average weekly take-home of tips was $186 and that the median hourly wage before tips was $12. Mm-hmm. And the survey also, um, you know, had just asked tipped workers about their experiences on the job. Um, and, and like Saru was pointing to, uh, you know, more than 43 more than 43 percent said they had faced you know one form of illegal discrimination on the job that same number said that they reported experiencing homelessness for at least one night in the past year um and that you wow. know nearly 50 percent said that they had been required to illegally tip out their manager and so i think it speaks to just some of the conditions tipped workers yeah. say that they're facing pretty regularly on the job Well, before I let you go, we know the measures uh, to eliminate sub-minimum wage in Chicago, that still needs to be passing, uh, you know, a full city council. So when can we expect a vote? Yeah, um, probably at next month's city council meeting in October. Um, This was one of Mayor Brandon Johnson's campaign promises, and so I'm sure it's going to be kind of full steam ahead. Top of the list. Tessa Weinberg, WBEZ city government and politics reporter. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks so much.